Hello and welcome. A few weeks ago, we did a show on the disturbing murder of Shraddha Valkar, who was killed and dismembered by her partner, Aftar Punawala, in Delhi. And now we're back with another gruesome killing that has grabbed headlines. This time, the accused is named Sahil Gelot, a 24-year-old who strangled his live-in girlfriend-slash-wife, Nikki Yadav, cut up her body and then stuffed it inside a refrigerator inside a dhaba or an eatery that his family owned. Now, according to the Delhi police, Sahil and Nikki had married in 2020. Now, as gory details of this crime circulates on social media, it's brought the focus squarely back on gender-based violence in India, especially intimate partner violence. We have Parul Bhandari. She's a sociologist at the University of Cambridge. She's the author of Matchmaking in Middle Class India, Beyond Arranged and Love Marriage. And she has another book coming out on love and intimacy in India. We have Alok Lal, former DGP of Uttarakhand, the author of Murder in the Bylanes. Dr. Sandeep Govil joining us in studio here, senior consultant in psychiatry at Max Hospital, Abha Singh, advocate and social activist, and Shiva Aslam Femi, who is an author, a journalist, a research scholar, an Islamic uh, feminist. Uh, feminist scholar also. Uh, Parul Bhandari, I want to uh, talk to you, ask you first, you know, you're writing a book, and I'm assuming you're researching this book on love and intimacy in India. In that context, the past few weeks, You've had the Nikki Yadav murder case. You've had this Mumbai mega murder case where she's murdered by her partner. Again, body stuffed uh, under the bed, something like that. Shraddha Valkar's case, body parts kept in a fridge, disposed of in a jungle. How has all of this framed your narrative uh, when you talk about intimacy uh, in your forthcoming book? Right. Thank you, Sarah. Um, so one of the main things that I've been working on for a while now, for almost a decade, is that a um, lot of relationships that occur before marriage are something that slips through everybody's eyes in terms of accountability. Yeah. So people think that, you know, these are uh, college sweethearts or, or teenage love stories, and therefore we don't have to look into them. Mm. Whereas actually they're turning out to be very much, they, they could go either way, either they could be sort of these short-lived romances or they could be as intense and as toxic as bad marriages. We as a society have only begun to recognize the toxicity of marriages quite late. Yes. And now there is this other experience. Now, the mm. first thing that in, as, as somebody who researches intimacy and uh, uh, all these other kinds of romances is that as a society, we need to recognize that these are established experiences of young Indians, men and women. Once we do that, once we recognize them as such, we will be able to quote unquote regulate. I don't mean through law, but also just make them more accountable. Yes. One of the things that ties these things together is that there has been no accountability on part of the people involved, yeah. as well as people associated with the people that have been involved. Yes. We just we just sort of, you know, push these things under the carpet. And don't think of them as legitimate uh, relationships. Only marriage is a legitimate relationship. Anything that happens before that is... Well, the Supreme just... Court is now starting to recognize, and they've said yes. they recognize live-in relationships, but is Indian society ready for that? I think that's also what you're saying. Uh, as, as young Indians, many seem to be moving into a quote-unquote modern world, but somehow we still seem to have the same old age, old mentality. Dr. Govil, I want to uh, ask you to come in on the fact that, you know, there seems to be a thread that runs through these three murders, at least. The fact that you have men who have murdered their intimate partners and within hours or days seem to be with other uh, with other women uh, because you had one man who got engaged hours later. You have another man who uh, Aftab was seeing other women who he met online. I think he even brought uh, a young woman, 
home to his apartment while he still hadn't disposed of uh, all of uh, you know the body parts. But as Parul Bhandari says, um, there doesn't seem to be a legitimacy to this relationship that he is, or these guys at least, seem to be uh, able to just move on within hours. Basically, the, <clears throat> this shows the high uh, tendency of narcissism and the lack of the remorse and lack of empathy in the relationship. So they just been into a narcissistic uh, self-love, hmm. which made them to use the person till they want it. After that, whether this person is required, not required, the empathy, the social boundaries, whether it's a legitimate or illegitimate relationship, that's hardly matter. Yeah. But the lack of concern for the uh, uh, the girl and the family and the love and care they must have shared for so many yeah. years, that shows that how unemotional they are. But the you know their intelligence, their narcissism, their uh, soft skills made the uh, them to be working and developing new relationship and following the societal routines like getting married to the family's uh, choice girl yeah. or you know doing whatever I am wanting, mm -hmm. I am want to see another girl, I am seeing that. So that shows that the society is turning towards self-driven model. Mm. It's me and me and uh, lack of connection with the partner. Mm. Whether what it's about, uh, you know, everyone talks about uh, the role of the media, <coughs> the role of uh, uh, movies. I think Aftab uh, was said to have watched Dexter, I think he told, that's what he told the authorities who are investigating this case and he claims to have drawn some inspiration from Dexter. But I mean, I've watched Dexter, many other people have watched Dexter. We're not carrying out gruesome crimes against <laughs> our uh, intimate partners or our domestic, you know, partners. The media has a special role because, see, after Drisham won, if, if there was the same story, somebody tried to do that. But they forget that the police in the movie is different from real police and real intelligence and vigilance is different. So same same crime he did, and uh, uh, even the these people think that probably this gentleman made this mistake, and we will be out by these laws. So they are intelligent enough to read law, and Mr. Aftab was also asking that he will read book of law and you know try to defend himself. So that shows that they have a tendency that they will learn and you know try to find out some flaws by which they can escape. Mm. And but this is not a movie. Yeah, this that's what one must appreciate. Right. It's but not Shiva a movie. Aslam Femi, there is a danger over over the media coverage that we saw of the uh, Aftab case, for example, right? The fact that everybody wanted to highlight the fact that he's Muslim. By that, we are doing a huge disservice to the nationwide problem of violence against women, that women across the board, no matter what your religion is, what your caste is, what your class is, are facing. Exactly. If you allow such kind of discourse to, you know, become commonplace in society, then you are allowing the criminals that you are allowed to perform the crimes with the people or to the person if she is from your own creed or from your own caste or from your own region or family. So this is a kind of uh, 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 protection we are providing to the criminals who, who think that otherwise also they, ha they have uh, uh, an extreme sense of privilege and entitlement that uh, they can get away with these kind of crimes. Even in those cases where uh, women have raised voices, you remember the case of Vinish Phugat, you remember the case of that lady in the Onyx uh, society or the Chinmayanand victim. All these people, they raised the issue. And uh, just because they were not coming from another side, 
the sense of entitlement in the uh, in the criminal and their side was so strong they he uh, he the satyagi event called for us uh, panchayat also caste panchayat also after you know misbehaving on camera so there is a sense of entitlement entitlement in personal relationships i have to say that the toxicity the alienation and mm. the 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 you know the duality the the hypocrisy of you know being goody goody with the parents also yeah. performing performing all the you know traditional roles as well as having uh, you know enjoying the uh, uh, fruits of modernity yeah. uh, in 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 the, in the in the privacy of their urban soli- soli- solitude so this is something that india is going through a big transition where one foot is in uh, 18th yes. century another one is in 23rd century yes. so the post modernity and feudalism goes hands in hand yes. and that is one of the reason that i see Parul Bhandari, can I, yeah. Parul Bhandari, come in over here. I think uh, Shiva Aslam Femi has uh, touched upon a really fascinating point, right? Uh, she talks about the hypocrisy. Now, if you look at Aftab, he appears to be a modern, woke man in a live-in relationship with his girlfriend in Delhi. And if you look him, look him up online, I mean, I would have probably swiped right. You know, he's a food blogger. He's an animal lover. He's an environmentalist, even an LGBTQ ally on social media. Now, uh, but in this sense, I'm asking if it's the women who are actually more empowered because women do have to take on more to be in a live-in relationship, for example. And again, this is just anecdotal. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if the fact that the women are more empowered and demanding uh, of these men, whether it was marriage in the Sharda Valkar's case, whether in this case, Nikki's case, it was that, you know, he cannot, he has to stand up to his parents and he cannot marry somebody else uh, that led them to being murdered in the end. Absolutely, Sarah. No, I think this is a, a fantastic segue into un- actually what understanding what is the crisis of masculinity now in contemporary India, yeah. which is, as said before, that uh, there is this confusion, right? There's one hand, there's this idea of modernity, but then there are so- certain other anchors which are keeping many men and women, and in this case, of course, men more, tied back to certain other aspects of being Indian. Now, here, what is interesting, I think, and you've, you've actually said it, what I what I figured out even in my research, is that men are finding it a little confusing. They're, they're, they're confused about their own role in this new state where women, they support women, so they say the right thing. So they support yeah. women for higher education, for getting good jobs, for having a profession, also for leisure, going out, partying, drinking, etc. So they want to be seen as good boyfriends, good friends, good brothers in that sense, modern brothers, boyfriends, etc. At the same time, they feel confused. Some others feel probably resentment. Resentment at this sort of uh, pace at which women are taking control of their lives and In aspiring and asserting. In both the men were unemployed, I think, or having yes, career and, problems. Absolutely. And and then there's, there's, therefore, there's also disaffection. Disaffection from what the society is turning into. And all of this can lead to, in certain cases, um, these gruesome murders. And here I would slightly differ from uh, Dr. Govill. It isn't just about one man and his narcissism. This is something more. This is, this is a societal thing. And we as a society have belied women's confidence, in a way, because we have told them, sure, go ahead, get, get good education, go for a job. At the same time, the men that you want to be intimate with, you want to choose as partners, you want to choose as husbands, actually are not at the same place. And so there is, so we, we are also, we have, we have let down uh, these women. Absolutely. So it isn't just about the men. 
and and over here therefore is is this new kind of crisis of masculinity look the previous patriarchy was different it was easy to call out because men would not allow women to go out uh, or work or study now you you know, it's much more tougher to call it out as you rightly said because they are saying the right things but they the patriarchy the right exists causes. and yes. it it just changes its form where there's still control yes. over women abha saying uh, many of us look on these stories as cautionary tales right we use this to warn young women not to fall in love uh, uh, when it's not your parents choice not to have live-in relationships uh, if you had listened to your parents this wouldn't have happened and if you the problem is that these details you it heightens anxieties around love that is not sanctioned by the family that's not sanctioned by society and in the end we're doing a huge disservice to women who are left utterly alone if your partner doesn't turn out to be what uh, he promised or what you thought he was when the safety net of acceptance is made impossible when you can't turn back to your family absolutely you know where uh, patriarchy comes you know you it's okay to have an affair but when you want to bring that girl as a wife in your house then the parents have a say so at that point we have to see that the caste culture everything comes in but what is important is that the law is very progressive the dv act talks of live in relationships it gives women who have been in live in relationships the same rights as a wife yeah. children born out of live in relationships they can inherit property so i would say at least the indian laws are progressive but one place where uh, women are losing out is the defective uh, rape law because there you say that having physical relationship under the false promise of marriage is rape so i think uh, but these boys who have killed their live in partners is because at one point when they have fought the girl must have threatened that yeah. i'm going to file a complaint against you of rape and that is where they have killed them because that is the way only way they can save their skin and mm. also destruction of evidence so this needs to be looked into technically we need to change the law here and secondly yes relationship is okay but marriage the family is never allowed as i said from day one that nikki yadav is yadav and gelot was a different caste haryana being a very patriarchal state yeah. the marriage could not have happened all right uh, uh, alok lal what is the role here again uh, you know of the press of the police everybody seems to be there some attempts to frame these incidents as cases of you know insanity or extraordinary monstrosity right these guys are mentally unstable or they're sick or they're narcissists or sick like individual is that really the case you've been in the field and you've seen all sorts of gruesome crimes where would you stand on you know the trend of crimes that we're seeing against uh, int- of intimate partner violence recently the trends of crime have to be understood in the context of today's society we see more women coming into intimate relationships outside marriage now because uh, for one thing older uh, the, the uh, age of marriage has gone up now earlier 20s was perhaps the time when women would get married now it has been pushed up to close to 30 or maybe 30 plus also so there is a longer period of an adult in which, during which there is no marriage but intimate relationships do come in so the interaction between men and women has gone up for this reason marriage does provide certain safeguards for the women which an intimate relationship outside marriage does not even though law accepts that 
it is right for adults to live together if they want to live together. It's fine. And, and they would have the same rights up. as somebody who's married, is yeah, what the, but, the Supreme Court has said. The rights have been provided, but look at the society. The society is still not, not in a position to accept that kind of relationship to the extent that what they call the more legitimate relationship of marriage. So Even society has not been able to keep up and, you know, we, uh, our police reflects the society. I mean, they are part of society. They've, they've come up from the society we live in. So let me ask you as a police officer, again, uh, do you think our police are trained to take this? Or are they aware even of what the court has said about live-in relationships? Because when a woman makes a dissenting choice, there's a huge pressure uh, on her to make her choice work because otherwise everybody, family, neighbors would all say, look, you made your bed, now you sleep in it. But when she gathers the courage to go to the police, what do they say? As we saw in the Shraddha Valkar case, she did attempt to go to the police. It didn't yes, go anywhere because did. the police would probably it turn did. you away saying, you know, like you're not married, so what, what are they supposed to take this up? Do we need to get our police now uh, up to date with the, the times that we're living in? Absolutely, yes. This has to go to the police also, not just the society at large. That this is an acceptable form of living today. And so, a woman who approaches the police or does not even approach the police, let us say the police comes to know about some domestic violence taking place, the police should swing into action proactively. So, my feeling is that the police, as you mentioned, is a part of the society and the society is in a very large way, even today, uh, not exactly proactive in providing the comfort and the protection that women should have in our society. Yeah. So, yes, the police needs to be specially trained mm. to look at these cases with a greater power, with a greater sympathy mm. and empathy. Mm. But I think also, uh, you know, uh, Shivasam, the fact is that there's just been a normalization of violence across the country. If we think that it's OK to see, uh, you know, a man lynched, you can murder somebody because uh, they on the suspicion that they may have beef in their in their refrigerators. We've normalized this kind of violence. And then we say we're so shocked when we hear that partners are chopped up and kept in the fridge. Absolutely. At one point, we are so desensitized towards a crime as much as gruesome as any other. And yet, we, we tend to, you know, we, we choose our, our, our causes. As a society, we are not, uh, uh, you know, consistent with the zero tolerance policy of towards crime. If, if the crime, how can it happen that only one section of the society can be protected, is safe, and rest of uh, uh, all uh, could, you know, could go to wall. So this is one approach that is something which we have to talk about day in, day out now, because this generalization is taking place due to this uh, selectivity of our own um, uh, idea of uh, intolerance and protest, etc. Another thing, there was, it was said in the discussion that boys are confused. I want to bring in here that girls are as much confused. The same girl who has rebelled against the patriarchy at home, uh, in the society from, from where she is coming, she has not been able 
to you know raise voice when she was uh, you know uh, was a victim of domestic violence uh, in in this relationship the toxicity the 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 duality in the character and the and the psychopathic behavior of the partner they could not detect it on time or they were guilt ridden or whatever it is so they have to to be to understand that you have to raise your voice the moment the first incidence of uh, crime or domestic violence takes place there is a power equation involved here gender based power Absolutely. equation involved here and if you if you have any kind of guilt even the guilt of being more successful even the guilt of being able to enjoy the fruits of modernity and you you don't raise your voice that is a problem and then you are in danger so the girls have to understand that they have to raise the red flag and this is uh, something but you said you were surprised that women who can you know leave from home come to work uh, take choices that their family doesn't approve of whether it comes to clothes whether it comes to food whether it comes to relationships whether it comes to professions don't speak up but isn't that what you would expect uh, abha singh because uh there is a guilt of your choices there's yeah. a guilt of being told we told you so you cannot return home uh, after breaking up with this guy that you left everything for exactly. and when you talk about power equations in the end when you have been completely cut off by your family it makes that power equation even more unbalanced and one more even just, more just, just one, one point such psychopaths are very careful about the issue of privacy within the four walls and they don't allow such women to you know go out to meet uh, the girlfriends to meet the society the relatives etc in one of the case if you remember the uh, the objection was exactly this that she went out to meet her friends no, but so here i would say no people. no no you know a woman who was so bold enough to get into a relationship um, uh, not following the societal norms why do they surrender that is a exactly. question why do they come meet exactly at one point. stage you defy your parents you defy your friends you exactly. go and live and then you fall you fall in the same rut you want to get married to that guy why my question is that when you are ready to take a strong stand then take a stand till the end yes. and another thing what you were asking about the police let me tell you i handle family law and so many times we go we want to get cases of uh, 498a dowry registered the police says no ye mia bibi का मामला है बाद में सुलट जाएगा डोंट गेट इनटू एन एफआईआर सो द पुलिस देमसेल्फ एट टाइम्स टेल देम डोंट रजिस्टर एन एफआईआर सॉल्व इट आउट ऑफ कोर्ट एंड इट हैपेंस दैट इट डजंट सॉल्व व्हेन इट लीड्स टू डेथ एंड ऑल दैट सो डेफिनेटली पुलिस आर ओवरवर्क दे टेक हस्बैंड वाइफ प्रॉब्लम्स आर आल्सो आई वांट टू ओके आई एम पारुल भंडारी यू वर डिसएग्रीइंग विद दैट पॉइंट एंड आई थिंक Uh, even i i i i'm not very comfortable with with that because i can i think then we fall into the trap of saying but why didn't she leave yeah absolutely absolutely so this is one of my pet peeves about this because again as i said it isn't just about a woman the woman you know why didn't she leave why didn't she have the capacity to leave i think this is a very reductive way of looking at it because as you have already insinuated uh, it is we are constantly making women doubt their choices right and i call this the guilt and burden the burden of choice and the guilt of modernity yeah. that she is supposed to she's yeah. saying okay now i made this choice i have to make it work in fact a lot of scholarship on so called love marriages versus arranged marriages also makes this point that people who have chosen love marriages find it far more difficult to carry on in these marriages even when they turn toxic than those in arranged marriages because they're constantly made to say look you've done this now now you handle this yes. so women also want to make it work now so it isn't just about therefore this one woman who's been bold enough to take this choice um, and this turns uh, ties back to um, Mr Lal's point that the fact is that people are 
pushing their age at marriage. So everybody will be experiencing different kinds of romantic uh, uh, encounters. So this is not a thing that only bold women do, right? But the only thing is here that whatever choices that these women make, they're also made to work on it and prove themselves and the others that it isn't the wrong choice. So herein, as I said before, we as society need to provide them that support and not do this victim blaming yet again. And in fact, say it's okay. It's okay to make wrong choices. It's also okay to see that people change. As we've discussed this before, Aftar Poonawala was making, was giving all the right signals. You said you might be also right swiping his, right, right swiping his profile. So he was he was saying the right things. Yeah. So it's okay to make these choices and then realize that the partner that you've chosen has actually transformed. And that's absolutely fine. We as society are there to provide you the tools to A, see how people have transformed into something which isn't ideal or to equip you to fi- look for those red flags. And no matter which space that you are in that relationship before marriage, right a day before marriage or after marriage, all you right. should not feel guilty about the choice and be and able we to should walk not out be, as a society uh, we should not be pressurizing them uh, yes. or adding to the pressure of yes. uh, you know making their choices work if as you yes. find out down the road as you're saying maybe your partner's change he's not what he had claimed to be but thank you all this is an important discussion we're going to continue to focus on the story uh, and stories of violence against women thank you for your time thank you for joining us thank you for being part of this conversation